Okay, can we cuss on your podcast? It's guys sitting around chewing the fat. He made me ride here in the bed. You guys didn't see that. So you've been in radio before, you said? Yes. What did you What did you do? It was in Wichita, and I worked on uh, College Station. I wasn't going to college there, but that's where I started, and did Christian rock, pop type yeah. stuff, and then went full-time, did all night at another Christian station, okay. and did some other stuff here and there, At like went to Tulsa and sat in with yeah. somebody, and did live DJing at parties, dances, and whatnot, and then... Uh, I worked part-time when I was working full-time, a classic rock station in Wichita needed more DJs and reached out to me. And then what got you to Kansas City? I was uh, offered a job as a national director at a law firm oh. in operations. I had no idea about any of that. <laughs> yes, this is my second career. Yeah, the cigar bar is? Yeah. <laughs> so you moved here in 2020? 21. 21. What was the, what what made you go from Kansas City to just, I'm going to buy this random building in Parsons and, and do a cigar lounge? How much time do we have? No, there's no clock. Okay. All night. <laughs> well, I lost my first wife to cancer in 2019, and we'd been married almost 40 years. We talked about you know, what would we like to do in the future, when we retire, she worked at a different law firm. She was a legal secretary. And one of the things we threw around was uh, moving to a smaller town and buying a building right on Main Street, having some kind of shop on the first floor and living up above, being a part of the downtown community. I don't think we ever envisioned, I know we didn't talk about Parsons. We even thought about cities as large as Lawrence, but that would be so expensive. That was probably never in the cards. And honestly, she loved the house we had in Overland Park. So it was more just pie in the sky. Yeah. We talked about, I talked about buying a place like you have out in the country. Yeah. And she was open to that too. So when she passed away, I decided not to do anything for a while. Uh, don't make any changes. And then the Real estate started changing, and my the value of my house was as high as higher than I ever thought it would become. Yeah. And I was just ready to make a move. I'd been working remotely through COVID, which I absolutely loved. I was the I was a senior manager over operations for a, a different law firm than I'd been with for so long, and I ran stuff all over the country from my home office, which was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And they said in uh, 2021, in May, everybody's going to have to go back to the office. And eh, I'd already decided I wasn't going back. (laughs) I loved the people, don't get me wrong, but I didn't want to commute downtown Kansas City anymore. I didn't want to work in a high-rise office building. And I just decided, you know, the time's right. My kids encouraged me, sell the house. And I had three options. I could either buy a place in the country, and, and I really it wouldn't. It would have been something modest, you know. It wouldn't have been anything fancy, but just land where I could enjoy nature, mm-hmm. or 
sell just about everything, put what I absolutely wanted to in storage, get an RV and a truck and just travel with my dog. Both those ideas were attractive, but probably not good for a man who was grieving, yeah. dealing with those issues, being so much isolated so much of the yeah. time. And the other option was, hey, what about this idea of starting a cigar place and finding a building, living up above? And uh, I, I'd been looking for years at opportunities, so I had an idea of what I was looking for. And I just really felt led to Parsons. Yeah. That's crazy. So I was going to ask you, um, was there one in Kansas City that you were trying to kind of like that you loved going to and you're kind of trying to remake it here? That's a fair question. Yes, Kansas City lounges did influence what I what my vision was, but I would say no more so than lounges all over the country I, because of my business travel and then personal travel we had i'd seen uh lounges literally from coast to coast yeah and my wife always looked for them when we were traveling together and we'd stop in obviously the outlaw is the big dog in kansas city and interestingly the outlaw if you're not familiar with it it's uh, the, a place they have three locations in the kansas city area the big one in Overland Park is the one that most people know about. And it's the most well-known cigar lounge in the United States. Really? That's anecdotal from people I've met. But again, mm -hmm. from coast to coast, when I'd say Kansas City, oh, do you know the outlaw? Yeah, I know the outlaw. Yeah. Hmm. How big is it? Uh, I don't know how many square feet, but they have two main areas plus a private area for members. Yeah. It's big enough that groups will get one area for private meetings and use it. They'll schedule it. And then a big area with multiple screens and seating areas to watch games. A lot of traffic there. They have a huge walk-in humidor and then a big retail space as well. And they host all kinds of events. They'll do things, I think, about once a month to support military uh, they're really big into supporting military and they've even had like a helicopter land in the parking lot. Whoa. That's pretty big. So how lo how long has that place been around? Uh, I don't know when it opened. I was in the KC area for mm, 22 years. And mm -hmm. as far as I know, it'd been there that whole time. How they opened a new one with yeah. the brewery up in on the Missouri side in Kansas. Yeah. You can't do that. I'd be like right. really interesting if it's if it like ties all the way back to prohibition. It was like an old speaking. No, it's or not like that. Yeah, there really is cool. one that actually it's in the Majestic Steakhouse building downtown Kansas City, and mm -hmm. it is a cigar place in what was a speakeasy during prohibition. <laughs> That's yeah. cool. Yeah, it's the Pendergrass Club. Okay, named for a guy that was very involved with the city development and very involved with graft. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's just my opinion. If anybody's listening and wants to sue me for that statement, uh, it's not slander. And there's millions listening, so odds are somebody will. Um, so are you happy with the way it's been going so far in Parsons? Well, yeah. I'm married now. <laughs> I'm at the bar, but yeah, that's even more important, I guess. Yes, it is. I have wonderful friends, a great church, wonderful community. I love the customers we have, the yeah the vision for what we could do. 
You know, I was limited by money and I was limited by the physical constraints of the building I'm in. It sure doesn't look like it when you walk in there. Well, thank you. That means a lot. I feel like I was able to bring in the best elements of what I have seen around the country. I will say from my tagline for Free State Cigars is cigars are the original social network. Yeah. And I feel like what we've built there is the epitome of that. Yeah. People come in there and we have stuff on TV, but they don't watch TV much. I have people that come in and read. I have people that come in and do a little work, but 98% of the people come in are socializing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it is fantastic for that. Mm -hmm. And you, if you're listening to this and you've never seen it, the environment is made up of one large room with multiple seating areas. So different people can be involved with different things. You could be playing poker at one table, sitting on a sofa, talking to friends over here. And I mean, that's what I wanted a place, a place of community. And also I'm a man of faith. So when we opened the pastor of the church, first Baptist church in Parsons came and, and we prayed and said, God, let this place be to your glory, which I know some people might think that's kind of strange cigars and (laughs) BYOB and being a Christian themed place. Well, it's right up my alley. There you go. I mean, fellowship is fellowship. It is. And you can come in and be whatever you want to be in there as long as you're not offending other people. Mm -hmm. Everyone is welcome. Mm -hmm. It's always a good time. And there's always, I mean, there's always people in there. When I go in there and and sit for, you know, an hour or whatever, there'll be, even if people don't stay, there's three or four, five that come in, grab one and, you know, head out or grab two. And that, out of that humidifier, that humidifier is so cool. Well, thank you. How many do you keep in there, or how many can you? I don't know the answer to that. I mean, it depends on size, how densely yeah. I pack them. And it is uh, a couple of industry experts came, a couple of my reps came when I was developing it. And I actually built the humidor larger than I'd intended because it was going to be on the other side of the room. And they said, you know, build it bigger than you think you need because this is where your revenue is generated. And I'm glad that they did that. Right now, I can tell you that my inventory at my cost currently is about $45,000 in cigars. That's crazy. Yeah, you don't want to put a cap on how much you can keep in there. Just need to sell more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My favorite's the private label, the newer one. Well, thank you. Yeah. Is that... How do you... How did you get that one? I mean, I know it's new. It's uh, from Altidus Cigar Company. That's a a label that represents a lot of the brands that you've heard of. And I talked to different reps about cigars that I could put my label on and try different ones. And when I tasted this one, I was done looking. Yeah. Uh, the shape, the sizes I chose, but the the aroma the the blend the consistency of the flavor cigars if if you're not familiar are described in thirds the first third second third and final third and the consistency of the cigar stays very consistent through the smoke yeah. and one of the things i liked about it was uh, being a child in the 60s it was not unusual for friends dads in the neighborhood people i was around to be smoking cigars, like when they're out working in the yard or working on their car. So growing up, I had this 
image of what a cigar smelled like and looked like. And this cigar that we sell, the Free State Cigar, it's a Honduran, it's a medium, but it has that that quintessential cigar, if there is such a thing, flavor and aroma. It's just a classic, traditional yeah, smoke. Right. And that, that just drew me in the first time that I smoked. I said, this is it. I have found the blend that I want to put my label on. Yeah. And it's, a, it's just a really good Honduran cigar. Yeah, it is good. Yeah. Do you have many women that come in? Not as many as I'd like, but when I designed this lounge, it was to be female friendly. That was a stated goal. Mm. I, I mean, it could be an old boys club, but I don't want that because having seen so many lounges across the country, I've seen both. I've seen those places that are nothing but old boys clubs. And I wanted something bright, open, inviting, comfortable, and safe where a woman can come in and feel like she's not going to be hit on. She's in a comfortable environment that other than the cigars would be like a living room mm -hmm. and where men and women both could congregate and feel like they're out for a nice yeah. afternoon or evening. Yeah. You had a ladies night not too long ago, right? Yeah. The, actually the last one, nobody showed up for it was our third one. The first one was fantastic. Yeah. So is I, there just like a special for women get a certain amount off on ladies night or is it just to get more in there? Or? It, really what we're trying to do is say, Hey, this is a defined time. If you and your female friends want to come out, yeah. you'll know that we're going to, we're going to have a lady on staff, Cindy Hicks. She's one of our tobacco yeah. professionals and she hosts it for us and bring in wine. And I, the first couple of times we had wine that we, gave away to help get it kicked off and we did have some specials yeah mm -hmm. and we'll continue to to do that specials and giveaways we need to get in there and have another poker night that was so much fun i missed the last one because i was sick but yeah. that first one man monday or i think we did it at monday night football it was just so fun everyone loved it everyone that I, I i invited all my friends and you know everyone was just like oh my gosh looking around like they couldn't believe this was in parsons it's upscale for downtown. You guys are making a comeback. You and Cameron, you guys are neighbors <laughs> down there, making bringing downtown back. Yeah, I just, uh, we're not getting the numbers that I'd hoped for. I knew coming in that this, this community is about the third the size of the experts, minimally the third of the size of what experts told me. Thirty to 40,000 is that sweet spot. Mm -hmm. And we're substantially below that. And I knew that. And I wasn't looking to get rich. I own my building. I didn't have a mortgage. I don't have business loan costs. So I thought with my margin so low, I might be able to make it in a smaller market. And we, the customers are great. People ask me all the time, how is business? Well, business is great as far as the customers I have. They're fantastic people. I just need about three times of the volume. <laughs> yeah. That's really where we're sitting right now. And... I am disappointed at the response of the community that we, we get probably average two to three people a week that are, have been in here for the first time. And you would think that having opened in April, we would see this buildup of volume and it's just not following. I will say we have more big volume days 
than we've had in the past. So I'm seeing spikes, right. but the average is lower than it needs to be to maintain it. I mean, we're, we are struggling right now to keep the doors open. Well, everybody in Parsons go there because I don't want it to close. I like it. <laughs> and we, we get people from Coffeyville, Independence, Chanute, Iola, Pittsburgh, Columbus, uh, Oswego, Erie. We get a McLeod. People do drive to it. I mean, that's one thing about living in this area in southeast Kansas is people aren't afraid to get in a car and drive 30 to 60 minutes if there's something destination-wise that they want. Mm -hmm. That's what I really had counted on and expected. And we do see that, just not in the numbers. And part of that is also how many people smoke cigars. You know, it's a subset of the total community. That's why the the bigger the community, the greater the the traffic Mm -hmm. you're going to end up with. But we have seen a lot of people come in who either hadn't smoked cigars for years or never smoked cigars or never smoked a good cigar. You know, they buy them. Yes, there you go. Black and mild. That's it. And this is a world away from that. Right, it is. I've only ever been in one, I guess, cigar lounge. There's one over at Joplin. Mm-hmm. I went yeah. into there. Will for Ike's bachelor party. El Wapos. I went into yeah, Wapos, and I went into there. And oh, those things were awesome. Well, those I cigars. didn't buy those there. Well, no, I did. I bought the big ones there. Oh, I was like, talking about the little ones. Yeah, those. I bought those at like one of those uh, Alps liquor retail liquor oh, places, whatever. Yeah. But like, I bought like the big ones that I got for like you and Caleb and all them. I got them right them from like in his humidor, and I'm like, uh, he's like, what do you want to spend? I'm like, uh, <laughs> I was overwhelmed. I didn't know hardly anything about cigars, and I'm like, I don't know. I want something nice, but uh, I don't want to have to mortgage anything. I was like, I don't know, you know, like fifteen bucks a piece. He goes, Oh yeah, okay. So oh, fifteen will get you. Yeah, so I was like, somewhere you know, ten, fifteen bucks a piece. And I said, I need like five, and he goes, Okay. So we walked over there, and I said, I don't know. I said most of these guys, they're you know, the only cigars they ever smoked are black and milds mm-hmm. and, and this kind of stuff. And so we picked some stuff out that wasn't going to be like too harsh or whatever. You know, he's, he's obviously a throwback. I mean, he looks like he was born in the fifties, but never aged, you know, <laughs> yeah. and he drives an old Plymouth, like a 55 Plymouth around. And, but it's, it's a neat place. And I, if I lived, I mean, I, I live, I live down here by Bartlett, but I need to, Ike's invited me up a couple of times, but I haven't made it up yet. So we need, I need to come up. He's a really decent guy, too, because he's actually told people from this part of the state about my store, Mm -hmm. which he doesn't have to do that because they're going to Joplin to get cigars, and yet he's telling them about my place so they know that they can come over here and and save that trip. That's awesome. How decent is that? Yeah. So you know him. Did you know him before, or did you just get to know him because I got to know him because of doing my homework? Yeah, Yeah. that's uh, that was a big part of looking for a location is somewhere where I wasn't going to come in and compete with another business and hurt them and make it harder for me to succeed. To find an environment like I have here, you have to drive to Wichita, and I'll say this: I don't think there's a place in Wichita that compares to what I have. I'm not saying they're not as good at what they do. Mm-hmm. But for what I've built, I don't think you can find a place quite like it in Wichita. Yeah. There's Tulsa. Tulsa has a number of, of different places. Even a, a new trend in cigar lounges is dance clubs with cigars. 
and they have Seems a couple like places like that. <laughs> yeah, right. A lot of burns. Yeah. And then uh, Bartlesville just closed their uh, lounge. They still have the cigar store. Mm-hmm. Joplin, Olathe, Kansas City then are the other places. So, I mean, we, quote-unquote, I'm doing air quotes for those of you <laughs> listening, those, um, uh, the, the southeast part of Kansas, we want to own the cigar opportunities here. Mm-hmm. And Parsons is so centrally located, mm-hmm. it was just perfect for that. Yeah, even though the population is lower, you hope to, like you were saying, from Chanute and yeah. Yeah, bring people in. If I were to walk in knowing nothing about cigars, never smoking one, what, what would I do? Well, I'd take advantage That's of you and sell you the most expensive cigar, obviously. <laughs> now, I, I love that. You know, my, I'm not a really great businessman. My wife is always supportive and complimentary. But the truth is, people, are the, it, people is the thing I like as a retailer. I, I love new people coming in. And so you, you walk in and you don't have experience and you want to know, what cigar should I try? Okay, well, if you literally don't know anything about cigars and don't know what to tell me you'd like to try, I'm going to say, well, what do you like to eat? What kind of food? What's your favorite kind of food? Fruit. Fruit. Okay, that, that helps. What kind of drinks? Like, do you drink alcohol? Nope. Okay. What kind of drinks do you typically drink? Uh, Dr. Pepper. <laughs> okay. So you have a sweet palate. I mean, you, you I like sweet so, stuff, yeah. okay? Yeah. Then I'm, not because you're female, but because of what you just described to me, I have cigars that are cherry, vanilla, chocolate. Do you like coffee? Mm-hmm. I have uh, espresso and cream. So I'm going to recommend something like that with a sweet profile and something that's approachable it's not going to overwhelm you and make you sick, turn you green, and maybe something smaller just to get started. Okay. We'll have to go over there one day when you get off work. Heck, we're yeah. all three kind of neighbors now. I guess I'm right around the corner now. Yep. What are, is that? What were you going to say? I was going to ask, are you still in the apartment upstairs? No, I got married in September. So you, you guys moved? She owned a home, and that's where we decided to settle. Yeah. Yeah. So are you, what are you doing with the upstairs now? Hey, if you're listening and you're looking for a great place to live in Parsons. Beautiful. Oh my goodness. It is it's cool nearly 3,000 square feet furnished. Wow. It's nice. <laughs> it's yeah. Juliet balconies. It's just amazing. Right in the heart of downtown. Yep. And it's available. Hell pubs, <laughs> kitchen pass, right? Yeah. A couple, foot, yeah. couple footsteps away. Man, Main street skin. That just screams Airbnb. Oh, yeah. Like, you who should. wouldn't want to, like, who wouldn't want to, That's what we like, do in ours, right right across the street. Yeah, like, who wouldn't want to stop in and, like... Have a cigar. Basically, yeah, like, Walk over to the Mexican place. Walk over to the bar. or something. Hey, mm-hmm. one of the first things I did when I moved in was I bought one of these little carts, like you see on TV or movies with the lady walking to market yeah. and I would walk down to Walgreens and fill it up or walk down to the grocery store coming from Overland Park. It was wonderful parking my vehicle and not using it maybe twice a week and getting out and walking and, and buying stuff. Mm-hmm. It, it was great. Yeah. The What's the long one called? Long and skinny. You said it was one of your favorites when I was asking you. 
It's got the colorful um, ring around it. Oh, boy. It's like the longest one in there, I thought. Oh, yes. Um, oh, you put me on the spot now. <laughs> right. Uh, it's I'll, good. I'll, I'll think about it. It's good. Yeah. It's very flavorful and yeah. creamy and smoky for being a 38 ring gauge, and it's about uh, seven inches long. So what is the name of that one? And it's not very expensive, but it stays together like it is. I mean, mm -hmm. it's like, you know, it's not falling apart and flaking out everywhere. Well, and and I'm not going to guarantee you that cigars won't do that, but if the, these most cigars that I sell are premium handmade cigars, and that's yeah. the differentiation. The black and mild are machine-made. <laughs> yeah. And even the, the little flavored ones I have from Compadres, those are handmade. And... They spend a lot of time training people to roll cigars, and there's an art to it, and it's very important to the manufacturers that they have consistency and quality. Like anything, you're going to get aberrations, and I always, if somebody has a cigar that just isn't smoking right, I'll replace it. It's more important than saving a buck. People yeah. are going to come back if they know I stand behind what I sell. Right. Yep. I got to ask, do you know a lot of famous people? Because you have a lot of autographed pictures in there. <laughs> I mean, sports, music, yeah. to David. Every, I mean, uh, I, have you just met a lot of famous people? I've met a lot of famous people. I did that uh, over 40 years, meeting people and getting autographs. Um, was that through radio or was that just uh, there was, concerts? There was some of that. I used to c promote concerts and and worked in the music industry on on the side. And so I got to meet a lot of people through that, but also traveling and just, uh, hey, this concert's happening. And, and a lot of the people that you see in there represented by autographs are people that a lot of the public doesn't know. Yeah, They're famous, famous in the blues or jazz genre or Christian music. And so it's easier to get to those people yeah. than trying to meet a Britney Spears, which I wouldn't want to, but using her yeah. as an example. Mm -hmm. yeah. But just getting to go to a show where there's 200 people and afterwards the artists are available. Yeah, that's know. always a blast. Now, the the one that was really amazing was Les Paul. Yeah. And oh, I had taken... Les Paul. Yeah. What's he, that? You met Les Paul. Yeah, I got to sit and talk to him. Wow. I have an autographed uh, Les Paul model guitar pick guard wow. and I had taken my wife to New York I was doing business there and I did range stuff like we got to go to Central Park and eat a tavern on the green and take a carriage ride and all this well she put together a special night for me we got to go see Les Paul at the Iridium Club on Times Square which is where he played for years until he passed away and she'd even found out how I could meet him after the show so I bought this pit guard and took it with a marker just to make sure, wow, yeah. I'm going to get Les Paul's autograph. That's yeah. about the coolest thing I've ever heard that in my life. I'm not even like, I'm like, I'm fanboying a little bit over here. <laughs> yeah. And he was so approachable, such a nice guy. He and my late father-in-law were almost the same age. And when he found out about my father-in-law, he just sat there and was talking to me about him. And there were people lined up wanting to talk to Les. And <laughs> 
I was getting a little nervous, feeling like I'm taking his time. Yeah. And I finally said, you know, I, I don't want to dominate your time. These folks want to talk to you. But that's how friendly and kind he was. Yeah. yeah he wasn't on a schedule or anything. He was just hanging out. No. That's cool. There's a KU basketball player too, right, in there, autographed? Oh, there's a number of them, yeah. yeah. The big one, Mario Chalmers, The, the shot. shot. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah that's cool. he autographed that poster. I mean, not less Paul cool, but it's still really yeah. cool. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not a KU guy. You're a KU guy, I guess, huh? Just a bit, yes. Yeah. My oldest daughter has a, if, you, if you're listening uh, to the podcast, go out and look up Jayhawk Tattoo and pull it up like on Google and look at Google Images, and one of the first ones you'll see is my daughter, Kat. Her upper back is Allen Fieldhouse, oh basketball, <laughs> 2008 national champions. Yeah. I mean, it's the biggest. She's been on uh, sports uh, ESPN yeah. game day at Allen Fieldhouse. She's been on ESPN The Web. and Is that the one I met whenever um, she was in town, Not too, yeah. probably a couple yeah. months ago? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what's she do? She's still in Lawrence. She's in Shawnee. Oh, okay. She's a stay-at-home mom. Cool. My, I always wanted to be a stay-at-home dad with no kids, but then we had a kid, so <laughs> ruined that. Yeah, that's not happening. Yeah, that's my, what my uh, wife said to me when we were pregnant with our second one. I offered to stay home. She said that's not happening. <laughs> I specified stay-at-home dad with no kids because yeah. I do stay home with Carson one day a week, and I would rather go to work. That's tough right now <laughs> with the newborn. It gets a lot easier. Eighteen years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. My mother had a saying that I found was so true, and it seems simplistic to say it, but man, the depth of truth to this. Little kids have little problems. Big kids have big problems. Yeah, true. true. Little yeah. kids just have a lot more yeah. <laughs> constantly needing something. But yeah. And there's a lot of times growth. Yeah. 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 My, my brother-in-law lived and my sister-in-law lived in uh, Lawrence for some time, like three, maybe three blocks from the, from the football field. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, we used to go up and visit him every once in a while. But in, in his house, he's got a, he, got, he managed to get a picture with Bill Self after a game one time. Yeah. And I was like, how in the world did you, like, manage to get a picture and an autograph of Bill Self? And he's, like, up on the wall, it says Pride and Joy. And he looks around and he goes, well, to tell you the truth, I forged that signature. He said, but don't tell nobody. <laughs> that's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Bill is so easy yeah, to get said, an autograph from. He said uh, it was, like, one of them, like, weird where he was just, like, Kind of couldn't believe that it was happening and didn't think to ask for an autograph. Yeah, that would be. They, me. They, they took the selfie, you know, they took the picture, like, eh, then he walked off. They're like, oh, we forgot to shoot. We, you know, he said he was the nicest guy, you know. He is. He yeah. genuinely is like that. And I've met him a number of times. My daughter and he know each other because mm -hmm. of her <laughs> tattoo. I just <laughs> saw it. It's pretty. You looked it up. Yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's big. Yeah. That's awesome. uh, and he is just a genuinely approachable man. And, uh, I mean, I wouldn't walk up to him when he's mad at the refs. Right. Yeah. Um, it's, this is, shows how much I pay attention to basketball. Is he still coaching KU? Yeah. We just won the national championship. Yeah. That Way to go. I, how much. Yeah. And really I was going to say, basketball. I know. I was going to say when you were talking about how mad he gets at the refs, I, the last time I did pay attention to basketball was when Frank Martin coached K-State. Okay. And my yeah. God, that dude, he gets hot. Yeah. Yeah. Not like Bill Knight hot, but yeah. Pretty toasty. <laughs> My grandpa played at K-State, basketball and football. Oh. So we got to go back. In, he, he played in 50-51 basketball the one year they made it to the championship, lost to Kentucky. 
So we always got to go back. Who's your grandpa? Perk Rademeyer. Okay. Uh, I mean, I, he, he didn't play much, but he was on the team. <laughs> but still So that we got to go back for the reunion and, and watch the game, and he him and his teammates would go out there at halftime and stand, and we'd go watch practice the day before. And Frank Martin yelled at them at practice just as much as he did on the court. My first exposure to KU basketball was when Ted Owens was the coach. And this was, isn't cigars, but uh, what a memory. I, I'm a KU KU sports fan because in grade school in the 60s, I don't know if you still do it, but you'd have a semester on just Kansas history, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the things they tell you, if you were born in Kansas, you're a Jayhawk, and mm -hmm. yeah. which K-State fans love this story. the lines of the young. <laughs> exactly. It was just Kansas Day not too long ago. Yeah. Yeah, it's always around, around 100 days or something, right? Like the 100 mm -hmm. days My niece was quizzing me on all of the things. <laughs> nice. Seeing if I could remember them. So when I started getting interested in sports and college sports in particular, I just, well, I'm a Jayhawk, so I'll cheer for KU. And I grew up with that mindset and started following them and liked them in junior high. You could actually go in the early 70s and buy a ticket at the door for most games, which you know, cool. is a w different world than today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we'd go to Lawrence maybe once or twice a year, and my parents were wonderful to you know, plan a game. They, they loved college sports, too. And... I said one day, could we go early so I could watch the guys practice? And I might have been in seventh grade, and they, they said, sure. And we got there an oh, hour and a half early, and the guys are down on the court, and I, we were sitting you know, two-thirds of the way up. And I asked my parents, could I go down? There's nobody there, right? Mm -hmm. And so, sure, go ahead. And I, I was probably 15 feet back from the court and got closer and closer, <laughs> and finally... Ted Owens turns around. I'm probably six feet behind him while he's pr doing practice. And he says, uh, hi, you know, and introduced himself and asked me if I was a Jayhawk fan. I said, yeah. I said, great, you know, cheer us on. And uh, I was hooked for sure for a yeah, lifetime at that you. point. I got to tell him that story like 10 years ago and how cool that was and what an ambassador for the state he really was. But uh, uh, just watching him the assistant coaches would yell, like you were saying, Frank Martin. Yeah. And he'd just stand there during the practice. And then he'd say something, and everybody everybody stopped. And it, it was deathly he silent. He didn't have to yell. <laughs> he just was a different personality. Yeah. 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 That's cool. Sorry, that wasn't. No, hey, we don't have to stick with cigars. I was just. Mm. Well, for you podcast listeners, that was free. Yeah, right. it's all free. And for you K-Staters, <laughs> I hope you didn't tune out. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's kind of split down this part of the country. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, since there's a lot of agriculture around here, there's obviously mm -hmm. a lot of K-State guys. But there's there's also a lot there's of... There's a lot of closet KU guys that, are, that don't want, you know, might yeah. not like be out there like preaching it too much, but they're, they're out there. Oh, I'm a huge K-State fan, though. Yeah. An unusual... I know K-Staters hate KU and KU people hate K-State. I love our state schools. Wichita State, I... Grew up in Wichita. Mm -hmm. She went to school in Wichita, not at Wichita State, but yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I grew up in Riverside. Nope, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Where were you? What part? Um, I lived close to Bel Air. Okay, yeah. Right off ninety six. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of OUers that creep up too. Yeah, I see us. a lot of uh, pokes too. <laughs> no, yeah. Not, yeah, there's not a lot of there's a lot of Oklahoma State. Yes, yeah. sir. Yeah. yeah. I, 
because I like watching football a lot more, and I've always been a K State fan just because Grandpa played. But it, I have started to like OU just because her family loves it so much. It's just fun to watch with people who actually care a lot more than I do. I, I yeah. don't know if it's fun to watch with my brother, but it's that, a good time. You're no, being there's nothing fun to watch with your brother. <laughs> No. <laughs> Except for me, like, you know, they had to, a bunch. They had yeah. to, he's got something kind of like, well, he's got a shop kind of like this where they've got a viewing area set up for the games, and he, they had to go from TV to projector on the wall because he was throwing cans at the at the TVs. <laughs> but now we're back to a TV. Yeah, back to TV. Yeah, yeah the picture wasn't good. They used to make uh, foam rubber bricks. They were brick colored <laughs> yeah. just to throw at the TV for yeah. people. Like I would think <laughs> that would make you more mad when you're trying to be angry and yeah. you get a little squishy brick. <laughs> well, that's why you should have a cigar while you're watching the yeah. game and Calm chill. Down. Mm-hmm. Yep. Take the edge off. We, we should really talk to Justin, the WKOP guys over at Coffeeville, and like have them like do a meet and greet or a get together or something over there. Or like there. a live pod. Yeah, they can do a live podcast or something one. like that over there because he's got, he's been doing a podcast. A friend of mine that helped I get started, coworkers, um, been doing a podcast for four years, and he's got a decent audience. Mm-hmm. And I know there's, I know a couple guys. I just, I just forget because I'm getting old, but I just forget about the the place even being over there. And I work with two or three guys that like to smoke cigars that would probably make the trip over. Mm-hmm. You know, so that'd be a good opportunity for. We should. Yeah, people come together and. Set around the uh, modern day campfire. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's one of the things that I'm trying to put together is some themed days. Yeah. Once a month for, I'd like to do maybe Coffeeville, Independence, and Neodiche, have people come for like a Saturday afternoon. Right. Representing those towns. Another day of the month for Mm -hmm. Chanute, Humboldt, Niola, and really promote it for for those communities. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Get them in. So that would be a good tie in. Get him yeah. hooked. Does Justin, do you know if he smokes cigars? I don't know. Never too late to start. Never too late to try, yeah. No. I mean, he used to smoke cigarettes back in the day, but he, I mean, yeah. he quit that. But, you know, um, I don't like everybody enjoys it just puffing around on a little cigar, though. Yeah. And if you're listening and you are a cigarette smoker or were, I highly, highly recommend you don't inhale cigars. There are people that do it intentionally. I wow. get it down sideways, <laughs> and I'm choking. I don't know how people inhale it on purpose. Because they're pretty harsh. Yeah. yeah. Well, 100% yeah. of the flavor of a cigar is in your olfactory and palate. Yeah. You don't get any flavor in your lungs, so yeah. it's unnecessary. Yeah. And you, I mean, nicotine will absorbs the, the skin tissue anyway, yeah. so the little bit of nicotine that's in there, you know. Right. You'll... know all this from Kid Rock and uh, George Burns, the, the old fellas that like to smoke <laughs> cigars. We had, George Burns was famous for saying he smoked like nine cigars a day, and he lived to be like 101 or something. Oh, and That's Winston Churchill. Yeah. The money he spent on cigars was astronomical. Mm-hmm. I forget how many a day he went through, but it was more than George Burns. Yeah, it, was, it was like none, like there was just one in his hand all the time. Yes. Essentially. I, I don't remember ever seeing a picture of Winston Churchill that he didn't have like a cigar in his hand or something. You know? What's the most expensive one you've ever smoked? I have one that's $37. Yeah. I'd say that's probably about the most I've ever. That's one that you have actually for sale? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've never had like a $1,000 cigar that you've got to try or anything? Do they exist? No. I've heard of cigars like up to 300 
but no, I've not heard of one more than that. Yeah. There probably are. I mean, there, there's something for everyone out there. Yeah. They're probably and, a, a Cuban or something, like an old Cuban or... or you know, the, the cigars I've seen that are real expensive tend to be what are happy accidents where one of the blenders, one of the manufacturers, runs across leaves that have been aging they forgot about. Mm-hmm. And so they're 10-year-old, 15-year-old leaves, and they're still, they've been maintained properly. Mm-hmm. And they go, hey, we should make a limited run of these. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't know they'd last that long. One thing I didn't know until I started going in, and I mean, it's probably Cigar 101, but I didn't know that you had to keep them, you know, like in a humidifier or in a bag with mm-hmm. one of those packets. Because when we got married, my uncle got me and my groomsmen a ma- one of those Maker's, maker's Mark mm-hmm. ones. Yeah. And those are good. I had, yeah, they are. And I had an extra, and so I put it in my sock drawer, and I was like, I'm going to smoke this on our 10-year anniversary. And now I'm thinking it's probably not any good. Probably not. Uh, something people have asked me is if their cigar dries out, can I put it in a humid environment and reconstitute it? And the answer to that is categorically no. The reason being that it isn't water that evaporates from the cigar leaves. It's the oils in the leaves. Mm. So humidifying those doesn't put that that character back in. Right. Never store your cigars in the refrigerator or the freezer. That's something people, for some reason, try to do often. And that's a very dry environment. Mm. A very easy way to store cigars in a pinch, if you don't have a humidor, get yourself a bigger, like a gallon-sized Ziploc. And put the cigars in that. Then get a sandwich size. Fold up a, a small paper towel. And if you have distilled water or even filtered water out of your refrigerator, just dampen that paper towel with it. Put it in the sandwich bag. Put that inside the gallon bag. Press the air out. And seal it. Hmm. And you make yourself a quick, handy little humidifier. You've got oh. those little packets. Yeah. Is that essentially what that is? Just that's a, yeah, they're they're made to be precisely sixty nine percent humidity. Hmm. Yeah. Bovita's the company that most people know, the popular company that makes those, but there are other brands as well. Hmm. That's cool. Well, anyone else got anything? No. We'll see. I'll talk to uh, Justin when he comes back to work. Yeah. See if we can't get some guys over here. Yeah, we'll try to. Parsons. Yeah, that'd be fun. We should yeah, do that. That'd be great. Yeah, because he's always keep... he's always looking for something. Yeah, he like is. something else that he loves. He's local always business scheming. guys always scheming. Yeah. <laughs> what were you gonna say? Are you still wanting to do your poker night? Because you loved when I love was there. Night. Oh my gosh! Yes, we do. Like I said, we need to schedule a poker night because the funny thing is, everyone that came lives within like two miles of me, and I can't get him to come here and play poker in my shop. But when I was like, let's go to this car bar. They were all intrigued. <laughs> and I got them to go to town. Cool. And that's saying something. And if you're listening to this and you have ideas on events that you'd like to put together at the at the lounge, you know, like affinity groups, we're doing educators this Friday. We have ladies' night. We do business professionals. I talked about bringing communities mm-hmm. in. Any kind of group like that of people with common interests who might like to get together I mean, you can come in and bring your own food, bring your own 
alcohol, just get together and use the environment with cigars and have a good time. And it's also available if you want to do a private party. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. How much is a locker there? $35 a month for a membership. That includes a humidified locker as well as a 20% discount on a box or bundle of cigars and then other fun things that we do for members as well. And you can keep your bottle of whiskey in there Mm -hmm. or whatever. That's cool. That is cool. Well, I guess we're good, everybody. Go check out Free State Cigars, 1720 Main in Parsons, right across from Main Street Skin. You can go after you get your facial. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And check it out on Facebook. I'm not a big Facebook fan in general, but it's a great place where you can uh, see the information about hours, location, mm-hmm. look at pictures, the environment. If, if you're thinking of a dark, smoky place, that ain't what we're talking about here look at the pictures on Mm -hmm. on the facebook page and then there's information on sales events and whatnot it's the best way to keep in touch with what's going on at free state cigars awesome 